Welcome to Talent Tribe. On this podcast, we celebrate the inspiring stories of women in the tribe while sharing the latest in recruitment, talent, and culture. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talent Tribe. I'm so excited for this episode. We're here with Amy Knapp. She is the VP of People at Catalan Technologies. And we're going to be talking about what we've learned in 2020 oh so much. And more importantly, what we're excited about in 2021. So I'm just thrilled and so happy to have you here today, Amy, to just talk about this fun topic and help us wrap up this season of Talent Tribe. As you know, Amy, we always start out all of our episodes at Talent Tribe at the very beginning, as we should. So can you tell us just a little bit about your background, anything you want to share with the tribe? Absolutely. Yeah. I. Uh, it's so funny because I am back in my hometown. I've been, uh, I, I grew up in a small town north of Boston, about 20 miles north called Danvers, Mass. And I spent many years away in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, over the past couple of years, my family and I have moved back to my hometown. So I did bring it back to the beginning. Oh. And yeah, we, uh, my husband and I, we have two children uh, who are 13 and nine. And we decided, you know, we wanted to be back, um, back near our village and, you know, Mm. being back here. So growing up in Massachusetts, living a bunch of years in uh, the Bay Area, worked in tech a lot of um, the last latter half of my career and uh, being back home in uh, in northern Massachusetts, close to family has been the 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 best move, the best decision for us, uh, especially given everything we've been navigating through this year and just being mm-hmm. close to family has been really important. And, and, um, and I just really feel fortunate that I've had the experience in companies and in Boston as well as Silicon Valley and, and, you know, and has just, you know, straddled the HR and the talent space, you know, for so long. And I've met some really great people. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it all. Mm, I love that. And you all moved back home to Massachusetts before like shelter in place and COVID, right? Yes. A couple years Mm -hmm. ago, actually. So we've been back, but I had, it's so funny um, because I was working for a San Francisco based venture firm called Red Point Ventures. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the middle, a few years into that role, we made a decision personally that we wanted to move back uh, to, to Massachusetts. And the firm said like, let's, let's try it out for a few months where you can work remotely, get settled in, and then we can work on a transition plan as you Mm -hmm. find something new. And that, ended up being a three-year transition plan because it just worked out. And, yeah. and it was so funny, you know, last year I thought, you know what, I, I think I'm, I'm ready to not be a remote employee and not work oh out of my home. And I'd like to be back in an office with people. And um, uh, that joke is on me for sure. <laughs> you know? But it's, uh, yeah, so it, so it's coming home. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it, it's been great, but also, you know, leaving um, a company where I had to travel a lot to, you know, yeah. moving into a new role at the time I did was, um, has was proved to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. But um, like you said, I mean, perfect timing in a way that you were already back home and kind of near yeah. family because I'm sure you have so many friends like I do that are just, I mean, you know, I'm here based in the Bay Area. That, I mean, it feels like every day I'm hearing about somebody new that's like fleeing the Bay Area and moving to Portland, Seattle, Nashville, um, just all over the place. So great that you're already there kind of settled with family oh, I, and friends. I know it. I can't, I hear it too. I hear, you know, just keeping yeah. in touch with uh, so many people back in the Bay Area and, 
and and also seeing it here at folks in in Boston or in New York, you know, mm. uh, people are you know in the situation that we're in, they're realizing like now is a time to make the change that maybe we always wanted to, or you know, just to even if it's going to be quote unquote temporary for a year or so, yeah. you know, let's make a change. It's going to be the right one for our family and give it a go. And mm-hmm. and so um, it's not surprising to me, but I I'm really I am I feel really fortunate that we did have this happen before. You know, mm-hmm. 2020 hit just so we were already situated and, and yeah. that stable as mm-hmm. much as we could be in, in this year. Yeah. It'll be so interesting to hear in, in a second here how you're handling it at Catalan. But um, before we get to all of that, I always love to ask, what was your entry point into like recruiting and talent and people? What was your your first job? How did you kind of get into it? Yeah, I, uh, I fell into it. And uh, at the time... I was a college student, so I was going uh, for my bachelor's degree, and I was introduced to an HR coordinator opportunity at the company that my sister-in-law worked at, which was a, a credit center for Sears, you know, credit mm. cards, and it's no longer there, but mm. and, um, it was the, op- the opportunity was a coordinator position, helping out the HR department, and they needed somebody to work like from 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. to like 8 and I was going to school full time, but my schools were my classes were in the morning. And so I thought this is a great fit. You know, I'm going to wow. school just five minutes away from where the company's uh, office was, and I can go to school in the morning full time. And then I would go ahead and just go down the street and start my role. You know, either at lunch or or soon after lunch, and go into the because they had different you know shifts that went into late at night. And it worked out really well. So I I, I helped them from an administrative point of view. I started learning payroll there and then mm-hmm. benefits, and and did that for for a couple of years. Years and, and that was my gosh, twenty three years ago now, <laughs> and, mm. and uh, you know from there it, it, it was. Um, I don't think at the time I appreciated it, like that. I and I didn't have it in my mind. I was like, I want to be in HR, but like at right. the time it was like such a natural fit for. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I just you know got introduced that way because it ended up you know kicking off such a really great career. You know, you know I did start off in the back office with like payroll and benefits, and then employee mm-hmm. relations and performance. And, you know, then I moved to California and took on recruiting at some of the roles I did and loved that and yep. did that for a while, then moved back into HR and 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 then was in a, in a hybrid position where I straddled both HR and recruiting. And so I just feel, um, you know, so blessed that like I've been able to do this type of work for 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 so long. But and just like when I look back and I'm, I say to my sister-in-law, I'm like, wow, it was all because of you. You know, she <laughs> she did that for me. So it was, it was really cool. I love that. I just love hearing people's stories. I'm sure you do too. Um, that's why we love recruiting. That's why we love people. That's why we love doing what we do. So it's it's so fun to learn that. And oh my gosh, Amy, you're a hustler. Like you worked full time basically while you went to undergrad. Like that's that's really impressive. And obviously you've had a very impressive career since. So no surprise there. <laughs> I I don't think I realized it at the time. Like that, it, that's not normal to, yeah. or it's hard. It's really, I mean, at the time it was hard. It wasn't easy, but I don't think I appreciated it as much at the time on, wow, that took a lot. Like there yeah. was a lot of work to do that. And th- when I gained more years into my career and I look back at that and I realized, oh, well, actually that was like a really big deal, you know, going <laughs> yeah. to school full time and working. I should be really proud of that. And like talk yeah. about that more because yeah. it, it is something that, um, that just, you know, go, um, you know, going through that, you know, people, uh, recognize that it's a good it's a good, good accomplishment. 
Yeah, well, and encourage that in the junior folks that we're mentoring and talking to because I also worked a lot in my undergrad career, especially my junior and senior year. Um, That's how I also fell into recruiting. Um, I worked at my university's admissions office and started recruiting there and found out that I loved it and enjoyed working way more than I did school. I love school. I was always like, you know, a pretty good student, but I loved working. Um, And I think, you know, the more job experience someone can get, the better because then you're just more equipped when you graduate. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Um, great. Well, so tell me um, a little bit more about your role at Catalan. And um, for those in the tribe that aren't familiar with the company, tell us a little bit about um, what you do as well. Sure. So uh, so Catalan is a Boston headquartered company founded uh, over seven years ago by, uh, it started off as a school project uh, from our co-founders mm-hmm. at HBS. And mm. it started out um, with, it was a company, it was called Hourly Nerd. It was a marketplace for consultants, for high-end consultants to be connected with companies. We mm. still do have that marketplace, but over the year we have, um, we have evolved. So we have two ways that help large companies organize their work and accelerate their work. So either through that marketplace that has over 70,000 consultants on there now, either high-end freelancers or firms that can come in and work on projects at a company um, that, that you know, Fortune 500 companies will need uh, to augment their their talent, their workforce. Um, Hmm. But then we also have a software product, which is a platform where companies organize what their priority work is. And, Hmm. you know, for example, like what resources are needed for that work? What are the goals and the milestones and how things are trending towards meeting those goals and milestones? And then where there may be some talent gaps, which then you you can actually augment using our marketplace as well. So it's, Hmm. um, we're growing, you know, we've been growing throughout the years. Um, We, uh, I joined the company in February of this year to lead the, the people function. And uh, and have been there, been here ever since. Oh wow, great! Um, well, so this episode is all about 2020 reflections, um, which I'm sure you're like me. That's just what I'm thinking about every day because I can't even believe that the year is almost over. Um, so, what are some just reflections on the year? What's you know one of the biggest things that you've learned from 2020? Oh my gosh, yeah, 2020. I, I you know I think. I look back, I can, I'm also like you, I can't believe we're in no, you know, near the end of the year, we're in November Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's, it's insane to me to think how much has happened this year. And I think that everything we've gone through, it's, it's not for nothing, right? People, you know, we're growing, we're learning and, and I truly believe that people, companies and people individually are becoming stronger because of what we've been through and what we're getting through and however somebody has to get through it and what they've been able to do, like that's making us stronger and more resilient. Um, I've learned a number of things. I mean, I I definitely have been leaning into my ability to be flexible and adaptable more, you know, and Mm -hmm. and how to really focus on what's important, how to lead through major, major change and challenges. Um, But I, I think a big thing that I've grown to appreciate so much is how important leading with empathy is. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I do think that this is important anytime in any given year, and some people are stronger at it and more empathetic than others. Um, yeah. I think I think I'm fairly, you know, I've always been fairly strong at empathy and, and being an empathetic leader. Um, but yeah. I truly think it's ended up being one of the biggest skills that I've certainly have used to get through this year, given everything that we've been 
you know, thrown at. And mm-hmm. we've leaned into it heavily this year at work um, and at home. I mean, in our personal yeah. life too. But you know, there there's often it's so many things that have happened this year, both professionally and personally. You know, there's there's no there's no playbook. There was no mm-hmm. right answers. You know, it's like, do we reopen the office and do we yeah. or, or not? And if so, does everybody come back at the same time or not? Or do we force them right. to come back or not? And or do do schools open up at full capacity? And do you have right. your kids be remote or hybrid? I mean, there's so there's so many questions like that, that nobody's like, I don't even know what the right answer is. And yeah. and then what the right answer is for me might not be the right answer for my, for my neighbor or for my friends and, or coworkers. Right. So what somebody is going through and how they're managing through the situation, all the situation is so personal and it's just mm-hmm. different. So bringing your empathetic hat with you everywhere you go has just been so important and critical to understand a bit about what the other person is going through and how to make accommodations, how to give advice or just listen, you know, and mm-hmm. be there and try to try to help them figure out how to get through it or, ju- or just be a, a sounding board to them as mm-hmm. well. And so that I've learned like how critical that is in like every every area as a manager, as a friend, as a wife, as a, you know, mm-hmm. coworker. Um, and that's, uh, it's as a parent. And, and so it's, it's, that's been probably the biggest thing. Mm, I love that. I love that takeaway. What would you say has been your biggest professional challenge that you've faced this year in 2020? I'm sure there's a long list. I personally <laughs> have quite a long list. Um, but maybe what would you say is like the top thing that comes to mind, the top one or two things? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, coming into a new company and yeah. a month later, you know, just basically almost immediately being thrust into a central role and like wow. guiding and leading a company that that doesn't know you and vice versa, you know, through some really, really challenging times and difficult situations like, you yeah. know, shifting to remote right away, going through a layoff, you know, doing a company restructure, having leadership changes, all while having these external stressors like a global pandemic, you know, yeah. mental wellness issues and racial violence, societal unrest, mm-hmm. contentious election. I mean, you like all of these things, but kicking it off in a year when you're a new employee and you're still, you know, I remember I'm still going through my listening tour, you know, and trying to figure out like how to build my roadmap on like what we're going to roll out this year. And then, you know, immediately having to like really just put that down and say like, help us like lead us through the situation that nobody understands and where I don't know people very well because I'm brand new. They don't know me. And so having to be in such a a central figure to help uh, the leadership team and help the company through that um, absolutely has been the biggest challenge, you know, from from a professional standpoint. And um, I mean, it's been very challenging for sure, but uh, but also professionally speaking, it's it's been really rewarding, you know, to, to, you know, being in that type of position and and really, you know, uh, being at the forefront of some really important work. Mm, I, you know, it's funny uh, through the course of this year, I've met a few people that were in a very similar position to you in that, you know, this all landed right after they changed jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So as just a person and a human being who has like a family and a life, you're personally dealing with a lot, having to go through the global pandemic, shelter in place, everything that we all kind of went through this year. But then you specifically, Amy, you know, double clicking on your role, you're meant to lead a company through all of this unrest and um, the wildness <laughs> that was 2020. And not knowing the company or the people intimately well yet just adds such another layer. So double click on that for me. What did you do? Like, how did you kind of get to know um, the right way um, to lead through that time? Yeah, I mean, I think 
the knowing the right way to lead during this time um, really pulled upon. I leaned on my network. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think I don't think people I would have gotten through without having a strong network of other people leaders who are going through the that. same thing and just like mm -hmm. reaching out and saying like, "What are you all doing?" And so yeah. many people were um, have been so gracious with their time and open sourcing their work. And, and it's like, listen, we're in our, each other's village and, and yeah. each other's tribe, right? We're, we're here to help one another out. And here's my playbook that we're, mm -hmm. we're developing right now. It is a work in progress, but this is how we're thinking about it. And, and that just helped, um, it just helped me, you know, have, yeah. have some direction. And, you know, I was put, I was, uh, I had made this change into this role from being on the venture capital side too, for five and a half years. So this was my first time back in an operational role in five and a half yeah. years. And so it was also like, oh, geez, now like we're, I was nervous anyway, you know, moving, making <laughs> yeah. that change and getting back into it. And then you're, you have this on your plate and, and, and just, it amazes me how open and, and helpful people have been. So I leaned Good. on my network heavily um, and then, and then our leadership team, I, I think I, I 100% developed a, a very strong relationship with my CEO as well as the leadership team much faster than I mm -hmm. probably would have in a normal year. Because when yeah. you are dealing with all of these things, like you just get put together to say like, this is, this is what we're dealing with. These are some of the options that we have, you know, what, these are the questions, how should we forge ahead? And it, it forces like, you don't have a lot of time, you know, things yeah. are, are moving so quickly and, and whenever there was any kind of historical context that I, that was missing, asking questions, you know, to yeah. the leadership team, to my, my people team, to my CEO, and just say like, how, how is this going to play out? Or how has this, you know, how have we dealt with situation, you know, difficult situations as a company before or this? And so you just ask a mm -hmm. lot of questions, but then on the fly, I mean, you just have to go with as much information as you have and then make decisions that you think is going to be the right one for, for your company. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, especially what you said in the beginning, you know, being willing to tap into your network and ask others what they're doing because, you know, I know we've all said this so many times this year, but it's so true. We're all in this together. Everyone's kind of going through the same thing. So, you know, I've seen people just be so generous and um, magnanimous and, you know, empathetic to use your word, which is like a great word to describe um, how I've just seen a lot of folks kind of approach the year and just being willing. We all have to kind of help each other. I'm very curious to hear what you think about this, Amy. Do you think that there are aspects and learnings and takeaways from 2020 that we'll be taking into 2021 that have, you know, kind of fundamentally changed the people and talent community? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, I truly don't think that I don't know there's ever been any other function that has ever been thrust into the spotlight and met its moment like people yeah. has this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are probably some company leaders and founders who underestimated the importance of having a strong people leader at a company. And now they, they just understand how incredibly valuable it is to have somebody and have a thoughtful and, and deliberate and intentional people approach. Um, and so, so there are probably fewer skeptics about whether having a strong people leadership is critical for the business, uh, even more so in the early stages of a company. And I mean, right now you see that there's so many opportunities out there for people leaders, whether it's, you know, not even just the traditional VP of HR or chief people officer roles. It's also roles like head of remote experience, you know, mm -hmm. or um, things like that, you know, really emphasizing that the work arrangements that we had previously had, you know, are just have been forever changed in a lot of companies, which leads companies shifting into remote first or thinking yeah. through what the value and the purpose may be in a physical workspace and then developing 
or refreshing their systems and programs and tools to help employees um, just work at their highest potential in a way that looks very different from a year ago. And mm-hmm. this year has definitely, you know, definitely allowed us as a people function to have a stronger voice in the company and to be able to influence instead of only being yeah. thought of as like only an administrative or service organization or coming from a defensive, right. you know, um, or reactive mode. And and so I think that I'm certainly super interested to, to continue seeing how, you know, we um, were able to come in at, as those influential leaders, which I believe always should have been the case. But, you know, I think probably yep. hasn't been everywhere. And I think it, it has uh, it's brought to the forefront this year of how important it is to have, you know, um, a stronger voice uh, or stronger leadership at the people uh, in the people function. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, that's one good thing to kind of come out of 2020. And that's the perfect segue to just start talking a little bit more about 2021, which I know we're all so ready (laughs) to start doing. Um, So I'm curious, again, with your prediction hat on, um, which is always fun to hypothesize, um, what do you kind of think is here to stay as um, we enter 2021? You know, any predictions about things and changes that have happened in 2020 that we're going to be taking with us into 2021. Um, You know, obviously remote is on everyone's mind. Happy to chat about that a little bit more. But, you know, anything else too as we kind of head into the new year? Yeah, I definitely, I am ready to put much of 2020 behind us for, for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah. I honestly, I don't think we're built to handle this much big change and stress all at the same time. And and yeah. so it's, it's, it's been amazing to me. And um, but like I mentioned before, I think that we're growing and we're learning and we're becoming stronger because of what mm-hmm. we're getting through. And yep. um, I mean, that said, I, I think it's important to not only look at this as being a moment in time that we'll get through and move on from and go back to the way things were before. So like to your point, I think things are going to be carried on, you know, in the future of like what we're going through right now, because it's yeah. not going to happen where we're just going to go back to the way things were. I mean, things have changed everywhere because of this year. Yep. And so it's important for companies to like really be, I think what's happened this year is that many companies were, were forced for better or for worse, you know, to be really, really focused and intentional and deliberate on like how to run their businesses, like as efficient as possible and yep. to really focus on, on, you can't do everything. So like, how do you focus on the right things? And, um, and, and that's going to carry with them as well, you know, after this year, continuing the things that made you strong before as a company and as a, as a people, you know, from a people perspective as well, like, um, you know, carrying with those with you, but adding the things that you've learned this year. So you can always continue what made you a strong company up until this point, but then like thinking about like, you had to pivot on a dime mm-hmm. on how to shift to like, you know, going through all of these uh, ups and downs and, and changes and being a distributed team now and, and, you know, managing through uh, ups and downs of a company. So you have, uh, you're learning how to go ahead and be a strong company through all those things. So, so bringing those forward, whether it's, you know, from a people standpoint, you know, there's many companies already doing this on how they're engaging their workforce in a distributed environment, how you're hiring or paying people, um, Mm -hmm. how you're thinking about measuring success, you know, really bringing it down to even just micro, um, you know, levels of like, this is what I need done this week. Or, you know, in the next two weeks and then giving feedback on that, you know, which before they may have just said, let's worry about the quarter, you know, and we'll see, look back then. It's like very, very micro steps now. And, Mm. um, you know, many companies have already done this, you know, and other, but others will have to discover what type of company they choose to be in the future when it comes to 
for the lack of better word, work arrangements, you know, like yeah. whether people are back in office or they're remote or a mix of both. And mm-hmm. many companies who are very big in office culture, you know, have forever been changed in that thinking because of this year when before they may have never wanted to go to remote or never thought they could or be a distributed mm-hmm. team. And so not only will companies be thinking about that and and how, um, it, whether they're remote first or thinking through what the value and the purpose of a, of a physical office would be, but now we have to refresh like all of our existing or create new like um, inclusive and equitable and fair yeah. systems and programs and tools that help employees work, you know, uh, at, at that high potential. Um, and, and I think that that is all from this year. It's all really important things, you know, that like focus is really, really good. We all should have been doing that anyways, but right. you know, when things are going well and you're growing really fast, like you, you think, oh, it's going really, really great. We don't have to change what we're doing. And right. um, when you ha- do have to change and look at everything, it's like, we can't do everything. Um, the way mm-hmm. we were doing isn't going to work in this new environment. And, um, and so we have, to, we have to, we have to re refresh them and, and bring it to the surface. And then it is like, it's, it's always been a, critical to be thinking about your programs in, in a fair and, and, you know, making sure that you have equity and opportunity for everybody. Mm. But I think that it just got brought more into the, into light this year. So making sure all of these systems that you are putting into place are fair and equitable and, and, and have people feeling uh, included and that they belong. And, um, and it's, you know, none of it's easy. It's not easy, but I think it's, uh, that's, it's going to be better. Companies are going to be better for it, the more focus that they have in these areas. Mm, I I love I love all of that. And I'm going to want to double click on a few of those points that yeah. you just made. So hopefully you're ready to kind of go down that uh, <laughs> that train with me because I think that um, the tribe's going to have some takeaways because I'm really curious now, um, especially with all of the racial injustice um, that we went through this year and are still working through. There's still so much work to be done in our society and in our workplaces. Um, double clicking on um, what you're all working on right now at Catalan, what are some of the practices or maybe new principles or approaches that you kind of put in place to have a more inclusive and equitable um, workplace? That really kind of caught my uh, my ear, if you will. Yeah, sure. And um, I'll start by saying that like it is a, we have a lot of work to do, you know, internally sure. as a company, you know, we, um, we can't, ch- you know, we, we were founded by all white men, you know, we can't change that, you know, but mm-hmm. we, we can look at who we are as a company and where we want to go and see what um, how, what the journey is that we can get there. We're, we're in control of that. We're also in a situation where we're not hiring a ton. You know, we've got, okay. um, we, we slowed down our hiring. We went through a hiring freeze early this year. We have gone, you know, through restructuring and layoffs. And, and so it has mm. been, it has been a challenging year to think about sure. how to shift the demographic from a diversity standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what we did is we did form, um, uh, in an in inclusion and diversity council at the company, you know, we have a lot of right. really passionate employees and we, uh, we wanted to, you know, passion is contagious and we wanted to take mm. the ideas that we have as an employee base and really figure out like, how can we pragmatically operationalize the, the, the thoughts and the ideas and, and, the, um, uh, that all of our employees are, are thinking about and talking about and, and making sure it isn't only about a moment, you know, yeah. it's like things were brought up this year that um, were were devastating. You know, across yeah. the country, and we we didn't want to, we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to just make a big statement and then have right. that be it. We really wanted to think about how do we get this into the fabric of our company and our culture, mm-hmm. and and that where we can where we can move forward and and grow and and have it scale as we continue. You know, to grow our company and and figure out the right. Um, 
ways to, to scale it as we do that. So we formed a council. We also went ahead and we have we have five different employee resource groups. So we mm-hmm. are tapping into those groups to make sure that like how we can better support them as well as amplify their voices and and you know have uh, be partners with them as you know they're figuring out how to um, how to evolve or you know showcase who they are or their cultures. Uh, we did a uh, we did do a diversity survey just to understand mm. like how our employees self identify. What is our demographic? Right. And it was optional and it was anonymous, but sure. um, uh, we had about eighty five percent of our employees complete it. So it gave us a big a better picture of yeah. you know who we have as they self identify. And so we'll keep track of that over time. We'll do another one next year, and we'll just see like hopefully you know we'll 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 definitely see some shifts where we may want to, but where we started to focus on is is on the inclusion side of it, which is why we named our council the Inclusion and Diversity Council is because mm-hmm. there's so much work to do on um, on the inclusion side that we're, we're able to actually have control of right now. Whereas if we're not growing a lot and not, we don't have the ability to, uh, to change our demographic um, so much, which is, is honestly not an easy thing or a quick thing to do because sure. it's a longer term. Um, it's a, there's a lot of, uh, effort and years that go into that. But if we can understand who our employee base is and then understand how we're doing with supporting our employees and uh, including them and hope and building our, our fair and equitable systems and programs and where there are gaps, like what we're doing well, let's celebrate that, but where their gaps are, like Mm -hmm. that's how we build our inclusion and diversity, like roadmap on like how we're going to go ahead and, and, uh, and hopefully change. And all the work that we're going to do with putting effort into these programs will hopefully help shape uh, or change and shift our demographics over time. So then our diversity will change. Yeah. So we've um, we formed the council. We all are also moving into uh, providing training for all of our executives, our all of our mm-hmm. people managers, our council, and our HR team. On we're starting with that group of people to uh, go through uh, a behaviors of inclusion training through Life Labs mm-hmm. Learning. We're also doing an inclusion audit, so we can look at different areas across the company on on the systems from recruiting and hiring to performance reviews and promotions to our benefits yeah. and excuse me, our benefits programs to make sure that, um, we, you know, just to understand like how we are doing with them are, are they yep. fair and equitable? Are they, are they inclusive and where there might be gaps? It'll, it'll help us figure out like, what can we, what can we go ahead and work on and go deeper in to mm-hmm. make an impact and change that? So, uh, we have a lot of work to do and, but it, it's really important work and, and we're, we have a, we have the commitment and the support from our CEO and our executive team, um, budget to do, uh, stuff. And we have a really great, great. group of, um, people on the council to help operationalize it. The other thing I that caught my ear as well um, was the note you said about engaging your people because that's one thing I'm hearing from clients all the time as a challenge right now, especially as folks have been remote and a lot of companies are going to be um, remote going into next year or a hybrid situation. So engaging and kind of motivating your employees, especially as you were kind of mentioning when a lot of companies just like Catalan have had a, you know, a, a very challenging year from many different um, perspectives. So engaging and motivating is, is something that a lot of folks are dealing with and going to be working on headed into the new year. 
So would you mind sharing one or two things that um, you're kind of doing now to work on engaging and motivating folks? Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely been it's it's hard, right? Engage, engaging and understanding what uh, how employees are doing and how morale is. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's hard in a normal year. You know, it's not mm-hmm. easy. Um, mm-hmm. So then, and then when you're not in the office together and you're going through all these other external stressors that you have no control over, it's it's even harder. So we. Yeah. Um, We've been at this what for nine months now, and and we've we've done a, a number of things. So we've done more of like the engaging on uh, we've dub- we've leaned in heavily into using Slack number one to making yep. sure to, like build connectivity with one another. Uh, we even created a channel that's called we have we've got spirit despite Corona, and we'll do <laughs> you know if, whether it's oh, theme days or theme weeks where people are sharing stories or pictures or. TikTok videos that they are doing, um, and uh, just it's it's like, hey, today is. Uh, I mean, it's just so funny where it's like today might be like dental health day. Like, let's talk about <laughs> how you take care of your pearly whites. That got one of the like it was crazy how much interaction that got where people were sharing it. Or it's Gratitude Day where doing a shout out yeah. to employees and um, which you know totally warmed my heart seeing how many people were shouting out to other employees and just like Aww. saying, thank you so much for, you know, your work on this or for building me up here. And um, so we leaned in heavily into um, that type of engagement amongst, you know, our, our whole employee uh, base. We also leaned in heavily to managers to help mm-hmm. them, to enable yep. them to like, how do you manage people effectively during this time? Um, uh, and, you know, how do you ask the right questions on how your employees are doing and what type of support they need and figuring out, you you know, coming back to us and it's like, you don't, you may not have all the answers. That's okay. But like, come back and we'll, we'll brainstorm and we'll see, you know, what we can do to figure out what this employee needs. Um, and so really, really having our finger on the pulse more on like reaching out to employees, asking the questions and, and trying to understand like what, how we can be flexible mm-hmm. with, uh, with people, whether it's somebody that is in an a, a one bedroom apartment on their own and they they're not seeing anybody or if it's a person that's got three kids under the age of five you know mm. like everybody needs some sort of support so it's like how do we work you know tap into our manager level to build stronger connections with their teams um what i i read interestingly enough a few months ago though that they uh, some study felt that it was the manager employee relationship would become stronger during this time but the ones that would suffer are inter team like a team somebody that's on one team and mm-hmm. their relationship with somebody on a different team because you aren't seeing each other in the office yeah. anymore and you're not interacting with people as often yeah. as you may have in this environment. So trying to think about how do we get that cross functional mm-hmm. uh, engagement. So we have done things, you know, whether it's a virtual piano bar that people come or happy hours right. or um, a mystery, you know, a zoom mystery uh, dinner event um, and <laughs> uh, a cooking class, you know, it's a, uh, a jack-o'-lantern cutting contest. You know, we, we've been able to try to figure out like, how do we continue to engage people uh, either, you know, within their teams um, on an individual level or as a group. Um, but then on the other hand, it's also like, how do we think about uh, uh, helping people understand like the impact that they're making in their job and like yeah. really being very crystallized and like clear on like what what's here for them as far as their growth and their development. You know, mm. and we do, we have learning systems through LinkedIn Learning or Pluralsight. Um, we have a, a learning management system and, you know, just that we put our own content in. And so leaning into that and having 
more opportunities for people to see um, how do how does compensation work here? How does promote how do promotions work here? How does what is the goal of you know the the overall goal of the company and the mission of the company and vision and how does my role you know impact that? How does it how how so they can see the impact of their work? There's work to do there. We're certain we're certainly like trying to focus on that right now and like but we we did lean in heavily to the communication aspect of it as like being really open and being really mm-hmm. honest and transparent with people about like this is this is how we view your role here and this is like these are the learning opportunities that we have here mm-hmm. for you and this is what's ahead for you and then how we value because i feel like if people can see how their work impacts the greater good at the company like they're mm-hmm. more bought in they're more invested if they feel like they're um they're doing something that's really impactful they're valued if they understand what what's ahead for them for uh, their career path, you know, they're excited to be here. If they're, they understand how we're investing in them from a learning and growth, you know, standpoint, um, they're, uh, they're really excited to be a part of that. And so, you know, working on those things as well as the interpersonal and social and just engaging connectivity between, you know, managers and, and uh, individuals, it's been a lot of work for sure. But I think, um, and, and, you know, there's been natural ups and downs. Like I think in general, there are times where people were just exhausted and yeah. it's like, I cannot do another Zoom happy hour. You know? <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, let's think about like what else can we do, right? Yeah. Or what, um, you know, what's going to work to, you know, just revamp some of that. And and so it's uh, it's definitely something we've done. We've learned a lot this year, but, and, and hopefully we'll continue to, to, uh, to forge ahead with it. Mm, I love that. I mean, thanks for sharing. I mean, what I really heard and w- it was a great takeaway in a lot of ways, it was a two-pronged approach. How can you still make sure your team's having fun and connected to each other? Because that's a big piece that's missing from the office. Um, But then the second one, making sure folks know and understand that they have a bright future at your company and feeling connected to their career path and the company's mission and what you're all trying to accomplish. Um, because that's what's felt really lost this year in a lot of ways. People just felt like they're just kind of like holding their hands and like sitting still. And so just hearing that you kind of had a big, intentional, thoughtful push to do that um, is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, it, it had it it is hard. I mean, I think at the beginning, a lot of people were thinking, well, let's just, uh, things will normalize in like a month. It'll be yeah. fine. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just put pause on this thing. And then at, right. at the further we went, it's like, no, this isn't stopping. This isn't pausing. We have to move forward. We have to, you know, all that, the things that I walked into and thinking about on my people roadmap, you know, as the people team would, would be working on this year, we put aside when, you know, COVID first hit and everything we went through. And then eventually we had to pull it back up and say like, well, this stuff isn't going away. Like we have to think about like, how, how do we provide clarity for employees? How do we, you know, think about promotions and feedback, you know, and, and development Mm -hmm. and growth. And, but how can we roll, like what, what's going to be the most impactful things? Like how can we roll them out, but in a lightweight manner and a manner that makes sense for the environment that we're in right now. And, and so you can't do everything, but what you can do, it's like, think about like, you have to do something, you have to move forward. And, and I think like clarity and communication about somebody's role and how they're doing and how they're being measured is, is even more critical this year, um, given that we're distributed. Yeah, totally agree. So what are you excited to build in 2021? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were in the middle of building out what our roadmap could look like for 2021. So I'm I'm uh, in the throes of it right now. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I definitely want to be focused, like I said before, and, and intentional with with growth and development programs. So, you know, crystallizing what good looks like at each level and mm-hmm. on all the functions and then having figuring out like what is a career path, what what that's going to look like here. Um, that that's going to be a ch- big chunk of it. And that's going to be really exciting. I think uh, something that our employees are really uh, excited about. Um, and building out our framework on like, you know, just how they grow, you know, how they grow here. What does that look like? Um, which is hard after a company has gone through changes that, you know, um, decreased the employee size, you know. And, and so it's I think it's even more critical to say like, yes, we've gone through a reduction in force. We've gone through this restructuring. But, you know, there is uh, there's there's a there's a light ahead. You know, there's this, this there is, you know reasons why we went through this, but we're, we're focused and we know how to run each, you know, our lines of businesses really efficiently. And, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what it means for your role here. And this is what growth is going to look like. And so really crystallizing that and building that out is, um, is going to be a big focus for us, which I'm excited about. Um, And then I think like we're continuing to strengthen our muscle when it comes to things like feedback and communication. So we'll continue to dive in deep there. Uh, Definitely, you know, as we get back into hiring mode, you know, which we Mm -hmm. will, you know, the recruiting and hiring is definitely going to be a focus because now we haven't had to do a lot of it while we've been remote. So, you know, as we're going to pick that up, it's going to, you know, making sure that, you know, what we had before with you know, our, our hiring rubrics and our structured interview process, like, do we have that streamlined across the board and, and will it work in a distributed environment? So thinking about like how to focus on that, um, and then continuing to, to work with our managers, you know, enabling them, you know, around compassion and empathy and being vulnerable and, you know, being effective at driving results while, you know, while being all those things is, is definitely, um, uh, uh, still going to be a continued focus. And then of course, through it all in parallel, it's like, how do you build it to be, you know, equitable and inclusive for everybody? Right. Right, right. A lot to do. Yeah. Yeah, a lot to do, right? But I think uh, everyone's ready to do it, right? Ready yeah. to focus on 2021 and just building. Um, I was personally excited to hear the focus on recruiting, uh, that there's going to be some work there. Um, and actually, that was my next question for you, Amy. Um, on the talent side, for my recruiting friends that are listening to this, um, you know, what are you hearing? What are you thinking is going to be the next challenge in 2021? You know, obviously a shift to being nimble and focus on remote hiring and video interviewing. That's certainly top of mind for everyone. Um, But anything in terms of like, you know, the talent itself, um, are you hearing that, uh, you know, especially on the East Coast, it's still just as hard as ever to get tech talent. I'm still hearing that from my clients. Curious to hear what you're thinking there. Yeah, I I still am hearing that too. You know, I think it's yep. interesting because many companies have moved to being, you know, remote first or um, or remote friendly. You know, going forward and are, are really committed to hiring and employing a d- distributed team. And and on one hand, it's great because it opens up the doors to so much more talent, which um, I think is an incredible opportunity for both companies and, and people. You know. Um, regardless of where they they live. Uh, on the other hand, you know, finding and interviewing and hiring and onboarding and just setting them up for success becomes a bigger challenge to get right. Um, yep. And I think like these things were always difficult in like a quote unquote normal year. And mm-hmm. now companies have to just be, ext- you know, just more intentional about how to shift their processes and systems to be a you know, a great candidate and employee experience, but like understanding, like, what is it that we need and yeah. really codifying that and co- codifying your culture and your values and, and what you need in the role and how you are going to assess them all in a virtual environment is, is really, uh, has been difficult for companies to, to, 
do well if they haven't been. I mean, many companies have been doing it for years quite successfully, but if you haven't been, you know, making that shift and reshaping all of your systems and processes, um, whereas now an employees anywhere, you know, could be in the middle of the country interviewing for your company here in Boston or in San Francisco, but they're now there's many other companies that are also competing for that talent. So you're, you're, you've opened up your world and you've opened up your talent pool, but you're also still um, in a, in just as a competitive market as you would Mm -hmm. be before. And if you don't have the time, if you haven't put the thought and the intention um, through doing it right in a virtual environment, like you will stand out and not in a good way. So Mm -hmm. it'll differentiate you either way, if, if um, depending on how you're doing that. Oh yeah. Well, well said. Um, Okay, Amy, last question for you. I've been dying to ask you this one. Um, One thing that I'm personally passionate about is the idea of risk-taking and how important it is to do it in our careers to just get to where we want to be, wherever that might be. So 2021, um, is there a risk or a new adventure that you're excited to take? It could be professional. It could be personal. Um, any risk taking in your future in the new year? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I look and, and it's so funny. I, I think that some of the more bolder moves I have made in my life have been more on the personal side, you know, and yeah. um, but have definitely helped, you know, in my my career because it's either gotten me to a new location or a new place and or um you know, prompted me to think differently about how I approach a role. And, and so I will tell you, so I'm going to focus on a personal, you know, risk that I, or adventure that we have on our mind for sure. And, um, it's not fully formed yet, so we'll have to keep, keep in touch, but it's, uh, it is something that our family has talked about for a while now. And, and, you know, given that we have been in this virtual world and Mm -hmm. that we have been thinking, it's like, you can really be productive in your job from anywhere at any time. Um, my kids are both remote fully remote for their learning. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, which hasn't been super easy, but at least it's do, you can do it. Yeah. And you can, you can be remote and, um, and, and productive at school as well. So it's like, how can we take it on the road and meet the needs that we have for work and school, but also satisfy our love for travel and adventure? Ooh. You know, we have done so much traveling. I mean, we do um, we do uh, road trips all the time, like throughout the year. My husband mm. and I have been to all 50 states. We're on a mission wow. to do the same thing with our children. They're at 22 right now. Um, wow. And so this is something that we've missed dearly this year. Yeah. And um, But on the other hand, we've, we've also bonded a lot as a family, like being yeah. together and not always being on the road. So, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're thinking about like, how do we get back into like staying together, you know, as, you know, being together as our family, but like try to do it in a way that can bring us on the road. So we, yeah. uh, we're seriously considering getting an RV <laughs> like and taking it on the road. So I don't know yet, you know, if it'll actually know. turn into fruition, but it is something that has been a, um, a, a huge plan of ours. And so you'll have to stay tuned to see if it turns out, but, uh, oh. that way. So that's, that's something that I'm, I'm hopeful for. Oh, I love it. It's how, And I'm jealous, Amy, because I still cannot talk my husband into <laughs> the camper. 
I uh, I grew up camping and I love it. And I even now don't want to pitch a tent, but I do want to get an RV and I do want to drive and I do want to do my glamping. <laughs> yeah, I still want to be comfortable. It's all about yes. comfort. And that's another thing this year has brought. It's like everything's about comfort. Like yeah. if we're at home, let's be comfortable. But like we can be comfortable on the road and like seeing beautiful parts of this country yes. and like logging in for work and school. Yes. So I don't know. There's a lot to be figured out there, but it's uh, it's it's definitely on our mind. Oh, I love it. I love it. And Amy, it has been so fun having you on. Like, thank you so much for taking the time and just sharing your wisdom, all things people and talent with all of us. You've been super generous with that. And I bet there's going to be women that are listening to this that would love to just follow up with you or get in touch. What would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, no, thank you first of all for having me here. It's it's been it's been really fun and the time has just flown by. Um you can definitely find me on LinkedIn and uh it's just Amy Knapp, you know, and K N A P P and my email is also a nap at gocatalent.com. So I'm I'm always happy to connect with uh with great people and just, you know, trade notes and, you know, um build a start building a relationship. Oh, thanks so much Amy. And that's a wrap. Tribe, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so that our tribe can keep growing. See you next episode.